Welcome back, everyone, to the Listen Up podcast with Michigan Lance. I'm your host, Michigan Lance, uh, brought to you by Fernando's Omaha. Go get your Fernando's fix. Well, it's holiday week this week, all right? Turkey Day's coming up. Thanksgiving uh, week is this week, so happy holidays. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Um, I'll have one more podcast uh, before Christmas and the new year after this one. And uh, so we're excited. We'll roll. We'll uh, wrap up 2021 on a great note. So, what's going on right now in the world today? Um, recently, you guys have been. If you've been listening to my podcast, um, I've been talking a little bit locally. Uh, you know, I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. You know, broadcasting out of Omaha, and been talking to local legends out of Omaha and and uh, business owners and, and my sponsor Fernando's and. What I'm going to do now, I'm going to go off a little bit national, okay? And so I want to get national, uh, talk about my alma mater, Bowie State University, which is in Bowie, Maryland, HBCU, Historically Black College and University, and I'm a proud alum. I got my undergraduate degree from there uh, in history and government, so you can hear a little bit more about that if you go back to my intro podcast where I talk more about Bowie my time, how I got here, and also how I got the name Michigan Lance, being from Nebraska, going to school in Maryland. <laughs> so where did Michigan come from? That explains it all. So first off, I want to congratulate the Bowie State Bulldogs football team. All right, they're in the Division II playoffs. Uh, they just won their third straight CIAA conference title uh, with the 17-7 victory over Fayetteville State a couple weeks ago. They also just won their first-round playoff game against Lenore Ryan. Um, so great job by the Bulldogs. They beat Lenore Ryan 31-10 to uh, this past Saturday. Um, then they have another game this week at home. Uh, so excited about that. So one of the things I want to talk about with the Bowie State Bulldogs, um, which I said I'm, I'm proud and excited for them, uh, their second-round game is Saturday 1 p.m. at Bulldog Stadium, uh, and they'll be playing the Newberry Wolves. Uh, out there, and I'm I'm excited for them. I'm happy for them. I'm proud for them. Um, I, I played back uh, in 2001 um, for them. Uh, we won our our division uh, at that time as well, and so now now they're back winning the conference championship, and and it's a great deal. And usually when you win a conference championship, uh, do the, the victors go the spoils? Okay. So when you look at the SEC conference, for example, when Alabama wins the SEC conference, you see the majority of players on the SEC all-conference team are from Alabama, all right, because they won the conference so that you would assume they probably have the best players, right? That's usually how it goes. Also, when Alabama wins a national championship, right, or, or SEC championship, the next year, they are the defending champions, right? When they come back, they'll come back number one, all right? So whatever, Clemson, Alabama, I'm just bringing up Alabama because they're more recent and won the most national championships recently. And so I go, so 
as Bowie State has won their third straight conference title, which hasn't been done since the early 90s, with, from a team that's not even in the conference anymore, all right, that moved on to Division I. Uh, and, and I think that was Hampton. Uh, you guys can fact check me on that. Uh, but I believe it was Hampton that last done it in the early 90s. And so I look at the CIAA all-conference team. After Bowie just won their third straight conference title, all right, when you look at the all-conference team, the team that has the most all-conference players is Fayetteville State University, all right? Now, last year in 2020, Bowie State beat Fayetteville State, obviously, because they're on the third straight, right? So in 2020, they beat Fayetteville State for the conference championship, all right? So then, the, so now you come back this year, right? All conference is done before the championship game, all right? But they won their division. They're playing in the championship game. They go undefeated in the conference, all right? Now, Fayetteville State, Fayetteville State goes undefeated as well in their division, right? But Bowie State is the returning, is the defending champions. How does And they beat Fayetteville State last year. How does Fayetteville have 11 all-conference players and Bowie State only has eight overall, okay? And then here's the other thing, right? So I'm calling out the CIAA conference here. I, I, that's who I'm talking to right now, all right? Then they're tied, okay? They're tied for all conference players with the number five team in the conference, okay? Then, let alone they're in the same division as Bowie State, and they're third in the division, but they have eight conference players, same as the championship, uh, the conference winner, the division winner, all right? That doesn't make sense. Make that make sense. All I'm speaking is facts here, all right? Th what I'm talking right now is not an opinion. My opinion is that there's, some, there's a bias that the NCAA has against Bowie State University. What that is or why that is, I don't know. So since I don't know, I'm going to guess, all right, because those are assumptions that I, I have to come up with. I believe one of those is because they're not from the Carolinas, all right? This conference is mostly made up of uh, schools from the Carolinas, all right? There's a couple from Virginia, uh, but mostly from Carolina, all right, from the Carolinas, okay? And they're, they're, they're in Maryland. They're like the odd – Man out. They're like the stepbrother or something. Like, you got these schools from Virginia and the Carolinas, and then all of a sudden you throw Bowie State from Maryland in there. All right? So I believe there, there might be some type of bias there. So the all-conference, all right, that is undeniably just doesn't make sense, okay? Now, let's, let's break this down. Bowie State, which has the best defense in the conference, okay, um, one of the top – defenses in the nation for the for the all CIAA first team defense Fayetteville State has four first team players Bowie State has one Bowie State the defending champs top defense in the country has one first team defensive player all right players of the year Fayetteville State has two conference player of the year Bowie State has zero, and they're the defending champs, like I said, who beat Fayetteville State last year. So first-team defense, 
Fayetteville State, 4-1. to one. Players of the years, Fayetteville State, 2-0. Now, they throw Booyah Bone, the CIAA Conference does, all right, and they get Coach of the Year, all right. So, Coach Damon Wilson, uh, my former special teams coach back in the day in the early 2000s, congrats to him. Uh, he gets the Coach of the Year. So, they throw him some type of bone after giving two players to Fayetteville State. And here's another kicker for you. The team, I'm not even going to mention them because they finished fifth in the conference overall and third in the division behind Bowie State. All right. They also got two conference player of the year. Two conference player of the year, and they finished fifth overall, third behind Bowie State. Then also, they tied, like I told you before, all conference players with eight. Make that make sense. CIAA, you have to do better. Bowie State University is the uh, outside of Albany, outside of Albany State, are the only two black colleges in the Division II playoffs. Bowie is the only black college left, all right, in the Division II playoffs in the second round. So they should be, first of all, they won the championship, now they're on to the second round. They definitely should be clear-cut. Obviously, they have better, they should have some type of better players. I mean, you gave him, you gave uh, Coach Wilson Coach of the Year, but no Conference Player of the Year. So I mean, he he's just coaching, he's just doing so great of a job. He, he's he's coaching up no names, players that aren't even that good, and he's winning conference titles three straight. You gotta have good players. I'm not, of course, they're. Co- I know they're coaching him up now, but I mean, they have to have some type of talent to win three straight. Now that makes no sense. Like I said. Fifth team, fifth overall team in the conference. Two players of the years, eight all-conference players. That doesn't make sense. So I look on the social media the week of the championship game. So I'm watching the game against Fayetteville State online, and I'm also looking at Twitter, all right? So I'm looking at the CIAA, how they are um, monitoring the game, how they're keeping us updated, right? If you look at the highlights, and you guys can go back and fact check me, it's online, it's right there, CIAA, uh, C, I think it's CIAA for Life um, or CIAA Life on Twitter, all right? You can, go, you can go check this out. They have, Fayetteville State has more highlights than Bowie State does. In the championship game, during the championship game, why it's going on. Now I'm going to be even a little bit more petty here, all right? So I'm looking at as when they're posting these highlights of Fayetteville State. Fayetteville State, they got the fire emoji. They got exclamation points going on when they score a touchdown or they do a great play or get a fumble or a sack or an interception. They show like two, maybe three highlights of Bowie. Uh, I know two for sure were the, were the touchdowns they had, and they're just putting Bowie State touchdown, period. Like, what? come on now. Now you're blatantly showing the bias that you have. And so as I'm looking from afar, I'm like, what is going on here? Fayetteville State gets more highlights. They scored one touchdown. The score was 17-7 to was the final. Bowie State, top defense, only one first-team defensive all-conference. Fayetteville State has four. 
Bowie State gave up seven points on a broken down play. All right. I'm sorry. Let me say broken broken coverage. All right. The guy got was wide open. Obviously, you wide open like that. There's a breakdown in coverage to get their lone touchdown. They're showing highlights of guys, like I said, getting sacks, interceptions, all these fire emojis, exclamation points, like they're in the game. Like they have control of the game. Like they're winning the game. That's wrong. CIAA, I'm calling you out. CIAA conference, that's wrong. Do better. Okay? This is this is coming straight from me. This is coming straight from Michigan Lands. You know, I'm alumni. I'm, I'm not there in Bowie right now. I'm back in my hometown. I'm I'm no I've talked to nobody about this. Nobody's feeding me this information. This is all me looking from the outside, looking in, watching my alma mater, watching their uh conference game, the playoff game, and then looking at the all conference players. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. Make it make sense. That that's not right. Especially when we're in a time where Black colleges are being shown more on ESPN, online, uh, on, on TV. You got Deion Sanders really highlighting at Jackson State University, re, really highlighting the HBCUs, the historically black colleges and university. Bowie State needs to be promoted a little bit more too now. So I'm calling my HBCU buzz, all these, all these Twitter and online, uh, you know, sites. Start promoting Bowie State a little bit more. Three-time conference champion. All right, give them some more love. All right, give Coach Wilson and, and Coach Antone Sewell out there, defense coordinator, top defense. They need more publicity. They can get just as much as Jackson State as, as far as I can say. I mean, I know Florida A&M, they're in, the, uh, they're in the playoffs as well. So, I mean, hey, let's pump these guys up. Let's not – just because Bowie State's in Division two, let's not leave them out. Hey, man, football is football. Understand there's different levels of it, but winners are winners. It doesn't matter what level you're on. If you're a winner, you're a winner. And so Bowie State University, the Bulldogs of Bowie, they are winners. They deserve more credit for what they're doing. They deserve more publicity for what they're doing. So CIAA, get it done. Get right. Now I'll take a moment for to hear from our sponsors, Fernando's Omaha. Please sign up for their Fiesta Club to receive offers and updates on their website at FernandosOmaha.com. You can get frequent diner card. Monday nights are kids' night. Free kids' meal with the purchase of an adult meal. Join their Facebook and Twitter for updates and specials. Also, you can download their mobile app for quick, convenient ordering or call in your order for pickup or curbside. That's Fernando's Omaha, where you can get your Fernando's fix. All right, switching gears here. We're going to talk a little bit about boxing. Um, you know, just got done with, like I said, I saw Bowie State win uh, their playoff game on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and then Saturday night, I get to see the homeboy, Terrence Bud Crawford, out of Omaha, Nebraska, uh, defeat, um, not Errol Spence. We want to see that fight. <laughs> uh, we saw Bud Crawford beat Sean Porter. Uh, man, that was that was a great fight. Um Great atmosphere, was pumped. It was great. A lot of Omahaans up in there in Vegas. That was great to see. Uh, it, it was good to see uh, Bud go the distance, not the distance, but just go in the later rounds uh, with, with with a tough opponent. Sean Porter, that was the best I've seen Sean Porter box in, in his career. Um, I thought he was 
you know, in good shape. I thought he was boxing, not the normal brawler that I've seen in the past. Um, and, and I've seen him fight some good fights. I thought uh, he actually beat Thurman um, in that fight. They gave it to Thurman, but I thought uh, Thurman actually won that. I thought, I'm sorry, I thought Sean Porter actually won that fight. And so, and I thought he fought a good fight, but this is the best I've seen him, uh, I, even, even better than when he was against um, Errol Spence. I thought when he, against Errol Spence, I thought, you know, they were just kind of slugging it out a little bit. It was more of a, a, a Sean Porter style, but he ended up getting stopped. But at the end of the day, man, he was boxing. You know, he was mixing it up. He, he was doing the art of boxing this one. And I think that goes to show Bud's greatness of how good he is as one of the greats he is in this sport. Um, obviously, future Hall of Famer. Um, and, and I'm not just being biased uh, because he is from Omaha. Um, one thing about me, I, I, I'm going to criticize Nebraska football later. So that, that has nothing to do with anything. So uh, I'm going to keep it real and, 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 and be honest and give criticism when it's due and then and, and give love when it's due too. And, and Bud deserves some love. You know, um, I was watching uh, – I'm sorry, in that fight, uh, one thing I saw was, you know, real going to, getting them body shots in on Sean Porter. Uh, those those body shots really affected him in those later rounds to where he started going after that head. Uh, I, I thought Sean Porter was was fatigued um, to the point, and that was because of Bud, like I said, with the body shots. It wasn't like I didn't think he was out of shape, like his father alluded to, like he didn't train that well or that hard. I don't believe that at all. Like I said, he looked the best I've seen Sean Porter ever. And so he just got beat by a great, skilled boxer. Um one thing about Bud Crawford, he sizes people up. Um, I thought that I thought the announcers were kind of giving it to Sean Porter just because Bud was trying to figure him out, was trying to figure him out. But I thought Bud was still in control of the fight. I thought he was winning on points, as the judges eventually alluded to uh, that that he was. But um, you know, he just did a great job. You know, broke him down, and and as the technician that he is, uh, the tactician that he is. Um, and just went after him. And like I said, that was Sean Porter's first stoppage uh, to where he TKO, he's done. And you can tell by the frustration he had, you know, he's beating on the mat like a little kid. Like he can't, he, he's frustrated and pissed that he can't, you know, stay up on his two feet uh, because the damage that, that Bud was giving him. And I like what Sean Porter said at the end. I really couldn't believe it. Uh, and I quote, I saw his punches coming at me. And I felt his punches. Like, I've never heard a boxer say that. Usually they're like, hey, oh, I didn't see – man, yeah, I was woozy. I didn't see him. He was just so fast, so quick. He said he saw the punches coming, and he felt them. Like, hey, man, that, that, that's a nice beat down right there. Uh, that, that, like I said, that's great boxing right there. And, and, and that goes to show that, you know, you could put Bud up against anybody. The, what we hate about and what we don't like about boxing is, you know, the politics of fights getting done. Um, we don't know why or who that is, the the reason being, but it seems the powers that be are always controlling things, or even the boxers too, are, are like, hey, I want to wait this out, or you know what I mean, like like a lot of people have been talking about. We want to see from the Four Kings era, the, the, the 80s, the 70s and 80s, where Ali and uh, Foreman and, uh, you know, uh, Norris and – all these, all those heavyweights fought each other. You know, smoking Joe Frazier. They all, Ken Norton Jr., I'm sorry, uh, they all fought each other. 
um, the 80s, you know what I mean? Marvelous Marvin Hagler, uh, Sugar Ray, Tommy the Hitman Hearns, Roberto, you know, they, Roberto Duran, they all fought each other, and, and sometimes more than once. And so that's what we want to see. Give, us, give the fans what we want, um, good competition against each other all the time, and, and, and fight more. I mean, you know, Muhammad Ali, um, even Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson fought anybody and everybody that was up, and he fought a lot, you know what I mean? He wasn't doing one or two fights a year. You know, he was getting in three to four fights a year, you know what I mean? And I think when those big money fights, he started going down to about at least three and then later on, and I think in the late 90s when he was kind of over the hill, and, and so it started to be two, and that's when the more of the media and, and things slowed down. But at his heyday and his prime in the late 80s, early 90s, Mike was out there banging, you know, every chance he could get. And, and I wish we kind of get, get back to that even a little bit more, especially everybody's supposed to be bigger, faster, stronger nowadays, right? Everybody's supposed to be all this technology, and, and we're bigger, faster, stronger as athletes and, and people. Why, why are we fighting less? Why are we doing less? And not saying we gotta, you know, you know, go to the limit and push ourselves and end up, you know, getting hurt and dying in the ring. But man, at least give us, you know, at least maybe three fights a year. You know what I mean? You know for sure. I, th- I think we can do that. Um, but again, I commend Bud Crawford. I was excited. I watched uh, Drink Champs um, with with Noriega and DJ EFN, and uh, they had my favorite artist on there. Uh, the, Two members from the Wu Tang Clan. I'm a Wu Tang Clan fan. Uh, two of my favorite, two out of three favorite artists out of there. Um, they had uh, Raekwon the Chef and Ghostface Kill on there. And uh, Ghostface is just, you know, multiple times throughout the interview, he's talking about, hey, you know, talking about the verses and rappers going against each other in those verses, and you want to see the top dogs. And he just kept referring to Spence and Crawford. All right, that's what everybody wants to see. They, we want to see, hey, we want to see the juggernauts going to each other, whether it's rap in the versus battle or, or in boxing. You know what I mean? We give the people what they want. Give them that Spence, Errol Spence Jr. and Terrence Bud Crawford fight. Um, that's the next thing that I think. I think this fight got the buzz going more for that. I do think it was more local uh, to where like Spence's fans from Dallas and Bud's fans from Omaha. You know, I think. It was kind of local. We all just wanted to see that fight. But I think this fight uh, recently against Sean Porter, I think that made Bud more nationally known and and more eyeballs on him uh, this past week to where I think this is a national pay-per-view fight. It's not a local fight anymore. And so give the people what they want. Uh, Please, boxing, uh, whoever's in control, um, whether it's Al Heyman over at uh, PBC, or uh, whoever Bud's going with next um, as a promoter, um, you know, let's let's get this thing done, man, and let's 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 go into 2022 uh, great the way 2021 is one is ending great. Again, we'll take another uh, note from our sponsor. Please make sure you get your Fernando's fix. Uh, Fernando's uh, has a party room up to 100 people at 114th and Dodge. Uh, they also have outside dining on their beautiful covered deck at 75th and Pacific. All right. Please make your way out to Fernando's Omaha. Great food. They cater. They deliver. All right. Go in. Try the taco nacho bar for your next Husker party. There's one more left. All right. You can get you, you can get it delivered to your home. You got Iowa. All right. You got Iowa coming up this week. Last game of the season. Um, you know, not a whole lot of 
talking this week <laughs> that I heard from the last game against Wisconsin. And so um, we'll see what happens here against Iowa. I-, I think fans are ready to move on to 2022 season, especially with what's going on with the coaching staff. Uh, as you guys have heard or know, uh, Scott Frost, I think, fired four of his five offensive assistants um, a couple weeks ago, uh, right before the bye week. Um, and so offensive changes are coming. Um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, who he hires. Um, I think we all know that this came from the top. This came from Trev Alberts. Um, for him to keep his job, things are going to have to change on the offensive side of the ball because that's been the most trug- struggle. Um and then they're going to have to do something about the special teams, whether they get a coach in there, bring a special teams coach, or just assign somebody and focus on it more in depth. Um, you know, I, I looked around. Uh, I think Minnesota, I think Minnesota and Michigan State for sure don't have uh, a specific special teams coordinator, uh, and those are pretty two pretty good teams. Uh, I, I don't know if necessarily if you have to have that, if, if – Nebraska's been in trouble the last couple of years. They might need that. But if you could just assign somebody that and then make sure that they focus on it, if it's a linebacker's coach or running back's coach, hey, you got double duty, focus on this, and then assign uh, that you got double duty. Maybe it's running backs because, you know, you only got one running back playing at a time. All right? So maybe maybe that guy is a special teams coordinator as well where he can focus on that um, and, and put a lot of emphasis on it to help that. Part of it, um, you know, everybody's talking about how close Nebraska is. Um, and, and, and their points are as close, but, I mean, at the end of the day, they're on their fourth straight losing season. And that's what counts. That's what matters. That's what you're going to see in the long run. Nobody remembers the scores of 1985 Nebraska. What people remember is, I don't even know what they did in 85, but I know they won at least nine games because that's what Tom Osborne did every year. <laughs> All right, so we know they did that. I'm sure they competed for a conference. I think uh, Oklahoma won it that year, so they probably lost that one game to Oklahoma, maybe two at the most. Uh, but we know they finished with a nine-win season because that's what he did on the regular. Uh, we remember Devaney winning national championships, you know, not the specific record of his second year at Nebraska. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's whether you win or lose. And so at the end of the day, when people talk about these coaching changes and, and, and that he made and, and to bring him back, and you bring up other coaches, people brought up Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, Bob Stoops. When those guys made coaching changes, they had winning seasons. They weren't too far off. Jim Harbaugh right now is on his fourth uh, winning season out of, I think, six years he's been there. So, I'm, I'm sorry, 10, 10 win season out of six years that he's been there. So, I mean, that that's Bob Stoops was winning nine, ten, eight, nine, ten games a year and made coaching changes to get better over the hump to, to that conference championship. And Nebraska's making changes internally off a of four straight losing season. So, I just don't know. I don't believe that that's going to help turn that thing around. Um, I think he's a sitting duck lame duck coach to where I think he has one year. I don't believe it's going to get done. And here, and here's why, you know, Scott Frost has been in control. He's an offense coordinator. That that's his deal. That's his, that's his, that's his big deal. Right. And now he's just going to, all of a sudden after four years and what he's been doing, the majority of his time as a college coach, he's just going to relinquish that. Okay. Um, 
I, I don't know about that. I, I don't I don't see that happening. I mean, you know, pride comes into play. It's hard to change when you didn't kind of come in and change. You really didn't transition. You brought in a new offensive coordinator, uh, one of your guys, and you didn't even relinquish the role to him. So you really couldn't get along with your guys that you brought in from Central Florida, another guy you brought in from Oregon you work with. It didn't even work with them. Now we – now I'm supposed to we are supposed we are supposed to suspect that he will get it done with some new guys probably he hardly even knows or if he does know them they're probably their experience probably isn't very high um and so I I'm sorry guys I I just don't see it I just don't see it working out um he's returning in 2022 uh I mean Nebraska's 5 year rolling win percentage since 1962 uh Man, it, 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 it's it's tough. It's different. Like Scott Frost is is not in a good in a good place. Uh, you go check out Max Olson on Twitter. Uh, his Twitter handle is Max underscore Olson. And like I said, he's giving out this five year rolling win percentage since 1962. Um, I mean, Scott Frost is the only one outside of, outside of Riley. You know, Riley went three years and and and. And lost, but now Frost is going four years. It's been going down ever since Riley, and it's and he's steady dropping. Uh, Bo Pelini, um, he had a time where he dropped, but he picked it back up. Uh, Callahan, of course, we know what happened with him. He went down. Solich, Solich went down as well, but then he got it steady. Uh, he got it on track. Then he went down again and kind of brought it back up, and he was you know ascending up, but. What happened? We know what happened there. He got fired off of the nine and three season, um, and then you know Osborne and Devaney. Um, I mean, you you know what they were. Devaney built the program to what it is today, uh, and once he got to that level, uh, once he started getting up in the seventy five and above winning percentage, he stayed there. He didn't go down. Neither did Osborne. Osborne took over the winning program from Devaney and kept it up there uh, around seventy five and above. And so uh, right now, man, they're trending below fifty. Uh, you know they they've Riley was between uh, it was about sixty percent. Uh, he was in that range if you if you look at the chart. Uh, but Frost has been since he started and up until now he's been at fifty percent or low. And you guys all know that you're going down to another three and eight. Uh, I think they went four and seven maybe or four and four and eight four and seven one year. I mean so um it, it's a struggle and I don't know if the if the future is bright for you guys so. I'll, I feel for you. Um, I I got a couple. I got friends and and, and family members that played for Nebraska. I, I don't like to see them struggling this bad. Uh, I mean, I like to talk stuff and get after them when they're winning, not when they're losing. <laughs> or or I like them losing, but man, not losing four straight losing seasons. That's tough because my friends aren't aren't in good shape for that. So uh, we'll see what happens if we can get this thing turned around. Like I said, I don't believe he can, but. Uh, we'll see, and 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 we'll see what twenty two hold twenty twenty two holds. Uh, you got Iowa. If they beat Iowa, and on a good note, you beat your rival. Um, that'll be good, but we'll see. So, I'm gonna sign off here. Gonna get ready for the big game, uh, Ohio State versus Michigan. All right, back uh, top five teams. Uh, haven't been this way in a long time. Uh, both with one loss. Uh, both sitting at ten ten and one. This is to go to the conference championship uh, game, which I believe the winner of this game is going to win the conference. Uh, and so I think this is our best year. Uh, no, we had one other year where, we, where 
the one year we lost to uh, Ohio State uh, because of a bad spot. Um, so this is our best time since that year uh, to get this done. Um, I believe we will get it done playing at the big house. Um, and so I think Michigan will be back. So you guys can uh, reach out and contact and, and look me up on all social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I love that interaction with, with the fans and the listeners. When you reach out on these social media platforms, please make sure you hit the subscribe button and, and like and all those things uh, to follow along to the Listen Up podcast. America, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. I'm your host, Michigan Lance. And please remember to always listen up. A Huda Media Production.